0: Yes, training volunteers can be work, but if you do it right, it's an investment in your church, but more importantly, in your people. Today, we're going to talk about 10 tips to train your volunteers, next on the Church Solutions Podcast.
1: It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey.
1: And I'm Mike Gray. This
0: is episode number 300 and. Forty-four, and I was uh, telling these guys before we actually hit record that I noticed uh, what I uploaded last week didn't show up on Apple Podcast, and it it uh, or the Apple Podcast platform, and uh, consequently, it probably didn't show up on other platforms either. So I got a. It's on streamingchurch.tv. Under the info, we have our blogs, and we have our our podcast there, but it didn't show up. So sorry about that, folks. So we'll i uh, will have to reload that. I don't know why that didn't work. but There you go. All right, guys. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. great. All right. Super. So uh, let's just jump into things. It's summertime, of course, here in the old Pueblo. But uh, if you're like me, when I was a pastor, I didn't, I didn't sleep in during the summertime. No, I didn't kick my feet up and go away. I worked hard. And uh, <laughs> so what I'm getting at here is we're going to talk about 10 tips, maybe more, 10 tips for training church volunteers. So it's summer, but it's a good opportunity to gather some people that might be around for the summer and uh, maybe look into, you know getting ready for the fall because it will it will be here before we know it, and you know things will be happening.
1: What say ye? This sounds uh, yes. like a great
2: opportunity.
1: We 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 hit on this a little bit yesterday. Uh, sun, uh, summer is the time you'd like to really get geared up and ramped up and ready to go, but uh, everybody's on vacation.
0: <laughs> well, not everybody, but yes, that's true. Actually, like a lot of people are on vacation. So anyhow, uh, take it for what it is. Uh, let's talk about ten tips for training church volunteers. When I was in Bible college. We didn't talk about training volunteers. Uh, you know, we did talk a little bit about leadership, so that was good. But uh, we didn't talk about volunteers and how to get volunteers and how to train volunteers, and and <clears throat> I think that that still is a struggle for many pastors, many people in church today. Leadership, um, we we uh, we don't understand what it really needs, what needs to happen with volunteers and how to t- help volunteers and, you know, how to really get them involved. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. I've got 10 tips here I've written down, maybe not necessarily in any specific order. Uh, some of them might be, but uh, there's probably more. So uh, so let's just jump into this, shall we, guys? Okay. Okay. All right. Moving right along here. So the first thing I put down was orientation. So when it comes to training volunteers, I put down orientation is one of the best places to start and one of the best places to cast vision and to share the church policies and procedures with your potential volunteers.
2: Yes, exactly. The, the biggest part of this thing is um, the why, As Simon Sinek made uh, very popular, it's probably been about 15 years ago now, Uh, maybe more. But uh, he was going at from the the attitude of why people would buy your product. But this would be this falls into the same kind of thing where um, you know people need to understand the why behind why they're volunteering, what they're volunteering for. There's got to be a much deeper mission and and vision than just oh they need some help I'll go help them out kind of thing
1: yeah Yeah, if you want them to stick around at all you you better you better bring the the why uh hard and consistently uh, because people are more and more selective where they contribute their time and so you got to give them a reason and we have the greatest reason of all you know, people's transformation in their lives and every piece that a volunteer does at a ministry is contributing to that every week.
0: Yeah, Uh, a good way to do do this is to uh, use some stories. You know, there's people in your church that their life has been changed because of something and uh, something that happened in the church or whatever. And so using specific stories is a great way to help cast that vision. But yes, vision is the most important thing here. I mean, you, you certainly want to talk a little bit about, you know, your policies and whatever, but but vision is really
2: where it's at. So, and, and a good place to do this is orientation. Yeah. And it's, it's going to smooth things out for down the road as well. So if it's kind of like, you know, uh, all of us contribute to certain charities or certain movements because we really believe in them. We, we believe in what they're doing. And, and so we tend to give them some grace too that you wouldn't normally get um you know so if you once you teach the why and why we're you know it's it's bigger than than the church and bigger than just me that as you get into volunteer situation where there's going to be there's going to be issues like
1: why are they scheduling
2: me so much? I don't think they ever listen to me? I told them I wanted to meet only do this on these days. And, you know, there's, if you get, if they understand the, why they're going to cut you some slack and there's going to be some grace and the, the relationship is just going to be a whole lot healthier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right.
0: All right. So moving on here. Number two, second, second tip, when it comes to helping with volunteers and training them, uh, I put down here relationships are a key to training, and and this is where it gets a little tough for some people because, um, you know, there's a lot going on, and and so relationships imply that you've got to put some time <laughs> into building relationship. You got you've got to take time and, and get to know the person a little bit, and 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 probably be a little transparent and and being open to things, and 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 that's hard, especially. Uh, If you've got a lot going on in your church, it takes time. But again, I see this as an investment.
2: Yeah, I think this is more challenging with the larger the ministry as well. Mm -hmm. So I know uh, when I first took my first job out of college, I was I went and started attending uh, a mega church in Southern California, Chuck Swindoll's church. Mm -hmm. And it was it was really challenging to get to the relationship part of, of being part of that church it's just it was so big you know and so and nobody knew anybody you know it was kind of a because it was so big it made it hard to to get and establish some relationships um, when we move yeah, we move churches
1: you, i think if you if you are in a different kind of organization where and it has to be led from the top down where relationships are highly valued then a volunteer leader is going to pour that relationship into the people who volunteers on his his or her team Uh, it has to be a value that is ingrained within the organization and it's led from the top down or As you experience, Steve, organization gets so big and it's sometimes so cumbersome and unmanageable that you would feel, I've been there too, in different churches where I felt like, uh, I don't know that anybody has a relationship here. I can't find anybody.
2: And it also, you know, when the times when, you know, for, for me, for example, i not too long ago, had a very late cancellation of my volunteer opportunity. You know, my wife let me know, you know, we're going to the wedding set, you know, this afternoon, I'm like, what, what, what wedding? And so I had to cancel. And the fact that I had relationship with the person that I was going to be working with or I worked under, I felt really bad and you know, I really was going the extra mile to try to find somebody and apologizing and say, I won't do this ever again. And, and then you know, when he asked later who would be willing to, um, sub in in the last minute, I'm like, dude, uh, count me in, you know, we, we have a relationship that I value and I want to keep it strong. So I feel bad when I was, I felt like I was kind of betraying the relationship a little bit by giving him a, a four hour notice that, yeah, I'm not going to be here. So. Well, that's
0: very unusual for you. You're so well organized, too. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah,
2: well, it happens. But yeah, good point. Because I guys. don't listen to my wife. She would tell me right away. She'd, I've been telling you uh-huh. about this wedding for a week. Now, why do you know, even What do you mean you don't know about it? It's, you need <laughs> to put
0: it on your Alexa calendar there. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Good deal, guys. So, yeah, ob- uh, relationships are so important. Uh, they're important in every aspect of ministry and especially in the areas of volunteers. All right. So shall we move on here to uh, what's my uh, what's my third point here? Uh, good volunteer training and onboard. Wait, yeah. Good. I can't read. Good volunteer training and onboard onboarding. It's a fancy word I use there. Starts with a clear job
1: description. So, sure, it's not waterboarding. I'm uh,
0: sure. yeah, no. well, some no. sure,
1: trick no, it's not good. No. So,
0: uh, no. <laughs> so, so, I, uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about orientation at the beginning, but but I think this is really getting drilling down a little deeper to okay, uh, you know, what's this, what's this gonna, what are you doing? What is the description here? How does it work? And, uh, um, I don't know, I may be getting ahead of myself because I didn't put this in the notes, but, uh, I think that. Uh, well, let's just go. Well, let's move on here. I, I was going to talk a little <laughs> about, I was going to talk about gifting and, and discovering yeah. your gifts, but, but, which I didn't put in their There's notes some here. Of that
1: further on down, yeah. Yeah. but, so but I think this is pretty critical, <laughs> Phil, in that I've been, you, you guys have been to a lot of churches as I have. And I find that for some reason, churches believe they live in this magical world where nothing needs to be defined. Yeah, I need you to do this job. I need you to go over here and be in this room and do this thing, uh, pat on the back, good luck. And, and somehow then <laughs> they feel confident that they know what to do and how to do it. I mean, job descriptions apply to every organization on the planet. There is zero exception to a quality job description to explain yeah. to me why i'm here and what i'm supposed to do when i'm here to help you yeah
0: yeah good point michael
2: and i agree i mean job is key so let's move on there you All
0: go move that's on that's it point number four know what you're getting it. into yeah you've got to know what you're getting into absolutely All right, so point number four here, give volunteers, and this kind of goes along with this, give volunteers the freedom and flexibility to try multiple roles. So uh, I'm real big on, you know, opening up opportunities. It's easy, and and depending on the size of your church, it's easy to kind of get possessive of your volunteers. But it's just, you know, this is something that benefits them and benefits our church. But what I'm getting at is it's not about us. It's not about our our department or our, our specific area of ministry. So uh, we want them to, 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 to excel where they feel comfortable, where they're gifted at. And sometimes you have to just try things. And you need to give people the freedom to try different ministries within your church.
2: Right. You don't want to get in a position where somebody's like, well, I tried that volunteering thing. It didn't work. It wasn't for me. Right. I can't stand the... Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever this or that part of the, the, those kids were screaming the whole time I was in there and I'm not doing that ever again. So I'm not volunteering anymore. So yeah, you got to definitely make it so that it's flexible, allow people to bounce around and not look down your nose at them for wanting to switch a job or, right. or so, yeah, I think it's important to give them some flexibility and maybe even plan it. Probably not a bad idea to to set up a, you know, a rotation program with somebody new, say, Hey, we're going to start here for three weeks and then we're going to go over here for three weeks and then we'll go here for this other one for three weeks. And then we you figure out what's, you know, worked best for you and you decide, you know, where the the right spot is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: Michael, any thoughts on that before we move on? Uh,
1: No, I think, I think Steve's right. It needs to be, uh, it needs to be something you, plan into your process however you do it uh you know check in with them at three weeks and say are you ready to switch over or have you found the spot you love yeah and uh uh, i think that's critical because it's super easy to feel overwhelmingly guilty about wanting to bail on a volunteer spot but you hate it you hate it. You know, the kids, as you said, the kids screaming are making me mad. I'm going crazy. Get me out of here, but I got to serve.
0: Yeah. I think with new people, it's good to give them, uh, uh, you know, an opportunity, uh, some, a friend of mine used to give them a, give them an exit ramp and, and just build that into things, you know, and and if they feel like they need to move on to something different and they've got the freedom to do that, you know, absolutely. All right. So number five, never stop training, your volunteers. Uh, again, this is one I think that's overlooked a lot. We get somebody that's that's in a position volunteering in a specific area of ministry, they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, time to move on and forget about them and go on to something else, uh, you know, another area if, if you're a leader. But the problem with that is, is you know, we just kind of take them for granted. And uh, like everybody, we need to grow. We need to grow in what we do and, and how we live. And so, uh, you know, there's opportunities. Usually there's conferences, there's stuff online. There's lots of opportunities to help people grow in whatever it is they're doing, whether it's the tech area uh, or it's like you said, children's ministry or something, because it, that, that energizes them it 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 shows that you care you have interest in them as volunteers as a leader you have volu- you have you 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 care about what they're doing and and you care about them personally and so you know it it, it cures boredom <laughs> you know because hey i'm going to learn something new i'm going to see what how this church does it or there's a a conference that's going on here uh so i i just think it's so important to never stop training your volunteers
1: yeah. i think it also has another layer to it if you send your volunteers the conferences, or now, so many of the conferences are online. If you're not close, you can stream it for your volunteers. Sometimes, uh, you know, you, you, the leader, do not have to be the innovator in everything. If you get volunteers excited about what they do, they'll come up with new ideas that are way better than anything you ever thought of. And they'll improve not only what they're doing but how you're serving you know, the people that are walking in your door.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just it just gives people fresh energy, you know. Yep. Just for sure. There. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Number 6. The best volunteer training is personalized. Uh it's tailored to that person's experience and their skill set and uh it's practice-based. So it's driven by real-time, on-the-job feedback as well. So uh, I want to – I didn't put this in here, but I alluded to it a few minutes ago, and that is you – now, we used to do a deal where we had – our church had, uh, you know, membership class, and then we had a Discover Your Gifts class and, and uh, you know, ministry, and there's lots of little things that we would do. And the idea behind the, like – I think we called it 201 years ago is – is maybe it's 301. I think it's 301 – Is is you – you would take a kind of an evaluation, and uh, Michael, you do something like this. Uh, it's not necessarily ministry oriented, but you do a a purpose, find your mm-hmm. purpose. What is it again? I'm sorry, I can't remember what you call it. What do you call it?
1: So, similar, we did a class. Well, I do life planning, which is like a <laughs> that's a, uh, that kind of idea on steroids. But in the but in the ministry realm, I did it as well as a, a volunteer, a class yeah. like 201 where we did spiritual gifts test. We did right. a Myers-Biggs test. We did a few other yeah. acuity tests to help someone understand. Uh, people have to self-discover who they are and who they are made to be. You can't just tell them. You can yeah. see it all over them. Like, like, like a spouse, you can say, oh, man, you're so good at this. And they're like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, But it's true as you help people discover and there's several people still involved in ministry and they're passionate about it because we found the slot that really, that was made for them and vice versa. They were made to do this kind of ministry work in uh, serving as a volunteer.
2: Yeah. And one of the things that we do at our church, I think is really good is we set up shadow opportunities so this is kind of like the you know, they're not uh, formally in the spot, but they shadow that spot, and uh, that's where we may say you know let's shadow three different spots, and you figure out which one's the you know looks the most enticing to you. So the 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 shadow is typically one on one, very one on one. So there'll be somebody that's been doing it for a while, and they're kind of leaning over. They're doing it, you know, but they're leaning over and saying, okay, you know, here's what's going on here, or. You know, they may be teaching a class and the person just sits in and watches and they'll, you know, communicate with them one to one. So it becomes a very personal training experience Mm -hmm. through shadowing that, um, you know, allow them to get some exposure as well as get some training. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Michael, you mentioned, uh, you know, discovering your spiritual gifts. Uh, You you mentioned Myers-Briggs or Taylor Johnson. Is that another one? I can't remember what they all are, but uh, people actually get excited. So when you, when you do these classes or you do these things with, with specific people, it's exciting for them to learn about themselves and begin to realize, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I do like doing that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a right. combination of the two here. It's, 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 you know, getting on the job experience, finding something that's a good fit, as, as Steve said, and, and, you know, growing and learning again, this is all about helping people grow. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's 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 not necessarily about helping your church grow, but that will happen if you make it you know, if you do these things correctly, uh, you'll, you'll see church growth, you'll see maturity in your church. But but it's all about helping the person. And, and that's why I think these things are good. OK. All right. So where am I here, guys? Where am I at? Seven Number seven. Vision
2: casting is key. We kind of talked about yeah. this yeah. with our first one about the explaining the why and yeah. the vision is a big, a big part of that. Yeah.
0: And I think this needs to be constantly brought up, uh, which is kind of what I alluded to down the notes here a little bit, but I think, you know, there needs to be, you know, it's, it's, it's the old saying uh, uh, you know, the wife says, Hey, you, you never say, I love, I love you. And, and it's, it's the old joke. Well, I told you, I loved you when I married you. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. But, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes we cast vision,
1: do a yeah. pretty good job
0: at it yeah. as, as leaders, and then that's the end of it. Then we kind of move you on assume, a, little,
1: very, a little way. <laughs> you assume everybody still feels that way. Uh, uh, Andy Stanley, and I, I'm blanking on which one of his books he wrote this in, either on leadership or, or uh, on vision casting. It's literally, if you, if you aren't doing it, at a minimum of biweekly, at least casting a piece of vision. This is from the stage, senior pastor from the stage. Then you're going to fail in energizing the people that are actually making ministry happen. Uh, they have to continue to remember. Oh, why am I here? The why is, you know, somebody's life is going to change because of what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So vision casting is the key. I should probably change that and call it uh, consistent vision casting or regular vision or whatever, or bi-weekly vision, yeah. whatever. But but it's so important to, to keep that because people forget and people, you know, it needs to be in front of them. All right. Number eight, say no. Just say no to micromanagement. All right. So this, this is hard for me. Uh, but uh-huh. when you... When you have leaders, when you do get volunteers that are are really yeah. growing and they're key volunteers, key leaders, eh, give them some freedom. You know if they understand your vision, they understand the policies of the church. You know they're they're persistent, they're consistent uh, people, and give them a little bit of liberty. Get your hands off of things and let them let them do their thing.
2: Yeah, I guess you need to establish some boundaries to make sure things aren't. You know, going too wacky, but there's pros and cons for this too. So the one of the pros is you know, I typically volunteer for the same spot every week. And so there's probably half a dozen people that are doing it. And you give somebody some liberty and they'll learn and discover that may that was a cool way to do it. And somebody, you know, they'll pass that on. They'll go, hey, you know, Larry did it this way during the first service. And it really worked well, so you know maybe you should try that. And that would not had you would not have had that opportunity if you hadn't given them some liberty to go on a limb and, right. and you know try some things.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Set, set the parameters. Yeah, you set, don't want to... your parameters, uh, right. and then allow for innovation. Uh, if nobody's innovating and not improving, you're not going to get the best that you can possibly get. Uh, if you don't create that innovative environment by not overmanaging, managing, I I had an employee (laughs) pastor on staff, and I've never seen anybody that micromanaged worse. And he had his volunteer base just disappeared. (laughs) They were just ghost gone, uh, because nobody loves to be micromanaged, uh, Sorry about that. No, it's okay. No, <laughs> <the> op- <laughs> no, it wasn't you, Phil. It oh, was Phil. Okay. All uh, right. okay. No, it was somebody uh, else. But on the opposite <laughs> side of that, you also have to not micromanage, but you have to watch closely. Uh, we, we've over the years, you you for greetings, a perfect example of culture has changed, and so you have to read people's uh, read people's body language, and uh, not everybody wants a big bear hug. yeah so uh as as you coach your volunteers you you coach them in that role to serve in a way that guests and uh, attenders appreciate and are offended by (laughs) that's where
2: the boundaries come in right so you don't want to you don't want the volunteers to you know what are we going to get this weekend based on this set of volunteers you want to have a a consistent uh product and expectation from the congregations you don't want to go too crazy but yes boundaries are good but some some leeway and within those boundaries is also important
0: i like the term you use michael coaching i think coaching is good coaching your volunteers you know so for sure some freedom all right moving along here guys uh ask number nine ask volunteers for their feedback regarding your training program. Now, I, I put this up here because, you know, 10 tips on training volunteers, but I would even say ask volunteers to give you feedback on how everything's going and how you're doing things. But sp- specifically the training part, you know, hey, we, we've been training you here for several weeks. Uh, how do you feel about it? You know, what is this helping you? How can we improve? You know, that that's when it comes to the training part. But then also, I, I would just add, too, that, you know, people, again, need to have the liberty to tell you what they think about how things are going. And whether it's the running the cameras or the sound or lighting or, you know, other areas of ministry, they, they've got to have some freedom there to give you as a leader feedback. So don't be so defensive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> give got that liberty, you know. Well, Yeah. And I would always say, you know, keep your eyes out because somebody in your organization is probably a better trainer than you are. Uh, So you cast vision, let somebody else be a great trainer and that way you can keep your feelings to yourself. When somebody says, Hey, this really kind of sucks. I don't (laughs) don't like
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Shall we move on to the last final point? Yes, sir. So reevaluate the roles and the volunteers uh, on each area of ministry. So, uh, and it's up to you how often you do this. I think you ought to do it at least once a year, maybe more. But you should reevaluate as a leader. You need to reevaluate everything, and it may not just always be you. Maybe some other people that work with you, some trusted leaders, trusted volunteers can evaluate the different ministries. But I think you know we we live in a, a world of impermanence. You know things change. And uh, uh, roles change, and people change, and, and even what you do at the church could change at times. Not that your mission changes or whatever, but, uh, you know, the way you do things. And so I think it's, it's, it's good sometimes to, to not, again, getting back to this thought, all right, this person's in this position, now let's go away. No, you know, reevaluate. How are they doing? How
2: do they feel things are going from their perspective? Yeah i think another opportunity here is you may have situations where the the role for one volunteer is overwhelming you know i can't do all four of these things during one service yeah so you may go maybe let's split that 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 into two roles you know we'll get two volunteers to do that or it could go the other way too like i'm sitting here just doing this one thing the whole service i'm kind of bored and so is you know mary over there what if we were able to combine that those two things into one role, so yeah. yeah, I think it's healthy to kind of look at that and figure out balance workloads and sh- you know share opportunities for getting stuff done. Yeah, yeah, reevaluate absolutely. All right, guys, that's it. Any other
0: comments before we go away here? No, nope. we're good. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for your input. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the church S- solutions podcast or watching us uh, subscribe to us. Uh, I'll have to figure out why our last podcast didn't get to Apple, but uh, wherever you get your podcast, look for the church solutions podcast and hopefully we'll be there. And you can always go to streaming That's one of our products. And if you go to the info menu, you'll see a drop down, and you'll see our blogs, you'll see our podcast and You can even watch us on YouTube if you want to. So we appreciate everybody's input. This podcast is brought to you by MyChurchDaily.com. Check it out, MyChurchDaily.com. It's a great uh, tool that you can use to be on Alexa devices. If you want to get on those smart speakers, Amazon, Alexa, uh, the Echo, whatever those things are, the dots. We've got five or six of them here in my house Uh, I don't know what they're called, but we have them. But you can do a flash briefing using mychurchdaily.com. It's just loading some audio, and you can schedule it, you know, in advance and set it up, and you can connect with your people. People can get their flash briefing. They might get their sports briefing, their weather briefing, their news briefing, and they can get a briefing from your church, mychurchdaily.com. It's a 14-day free trial. Check it out. All right, gentlemen, thank you for your input today. All right, great to be here. Always. And again, thank you for listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. Stay tuned for another episode coming up soon. Please take care of yourselves and each other. I'm Phil Thompson. Adios.